0: Somebody's New Pajamas by Isaac Jackson. Jerome had always liked Robert, the new kid in school, even though he was tall, skinny, and usually didn't like to get his clothes dirty. If Robert made a joke, Jerome would be the first one to laugh and get everyone else laughing. Jerome chose Robert for his side on the kickball team at recess, Robert was a good sport. Once, when he did fall down and tear a hole in the leg of a new pair of corduroys, he didn't make a fuss about it. He just jumped up, brushed the gravel from his knees, and he yelled twice as hard when it was Jerome's turn to kick. One day, Robert and Jerome were walking home from school together. Would your parents let you stay over at my house this weekend? Robert asked. My mother said she'd take us out to dinner and a movie. Sure, Jerome said. He figured his parents would probably say it was okay. Jerome said goodbye to Robert outside of his apartment house and went upstairs. Jerome, don't run the hot water, okay, sweetie? His mother called as she headed for the kitchen. The hot water must be out again, Jerome thought. He kissed his mother on the cheek and asked if he could help her do anything. Just keep the noise level down. The baby is sleeping. I swear I don't know what we're going to do about this building. We've been telling that landlord for weeks that the boiler doesn't work. "Uh Uh-huh, Jerome said as he walked out. He decided to wait until later to ask about visiting Robert. The hot water had returned by dinner time, and Jerome helped his mother set the table. I'm going to make you some banana bread for being such a good boy, his mother told him with a smile. In less than an hour, the bread was in the oven, and a warm glow hung over the rest of the evening over into dinner. Jerome waited until the banana bread was nothing but two big smiles on his parents' faces. Then he asked about staying overnight at Robert's house. Jerome's father got up and cleared the table. Robert, hmm, isn't he the boy you talked about having those fancy clothes? Well, I guess he's all right, he said. By the time Saturday came, Jerome was very excited. A night away from home, Robert lived in a big brownstone His family had the whole building to themselves. They weren't cramped into a five-room apartment like Jerome's. Robert had said they could play running games up and down the stairs and through the halls. The house was so big, they can even play indoors if it rained. As Jerome was getting ready to go, however, his mother got all fussy and nervous. Don't act as if you're too hungry at dinner, she told him. Don't let them think we're not feeding you. Oh, come on, Mom, Jerome moaned. I know, child, don't mind me. You go and have a good time with Robert. Tell Mrs. Williams that Robert is invited to spend the night over here, too, she shouted down the hall as Jerome left. He smiled and waved goodbye, then stepped into the elevator. Robert and Jerome went boating in the park and sipped ice cream sodas at a cafe under the bridge. They saw tall old ships go by and strained their necks trying to see the very tip tops of the skyscrapers. They had dinner with Robert's parents at a fancy restaurant and saw a scary movie. At the Williams house, Robert and Jerome were able to make a lot of monster sounds and watch TV late because Robert's room was down a long hallway, far from his parents' room. At Jerome's house, you could hear everything. Even on weekends, Jerome's father sometimes had to get up early and go to work, so Jerome couldn't stay up late making noise. Finally, Robert's mom came to the door and said, Okay, boys, lights out. Robert and Jerome got ready for bed. After the boys washed up and brushed their teeth, Robert took out a pair of blue pajamas with white trimming. Where are your PJs? He asked Jerome. When Jerome didn't answer immediately, Robert added, If you left them at home, I can lend you a pair of mine. Jerome didn't want to tell his friend that he never slept in pajamas before. He always slept in his underwear, a clean pair, of course. Jerome cleared his throat before saying, Um, yeah, I guess I left my PJs home. If you wouldn't mind lending me a pair, that'd be great. Sure, otherwise you'd have to sleep in your underwear, Robert said. Jerome felt uncomfortable for a moment. But then the silky coolness of the pajama top touched his cheek. The cloth felt great. And before going to sleep, Jerome told himself that he would get his parents to buy him a pair of his own. But when he asked about it after he went home, Jerome's father said, A pair of what? Boy, you got to be crazy. Your mama and I are doing the best we can to keep you and your sister well fed and clean. I don't have any money to waste on pajamas for you right now, son. Jerome went to bed pretending his underwear was really the smooth pair of red and black pajamas he'd worn at Robert's house. But for the next few days, he was much quieter than usual. On Sunday, Jerome's dad was setting the table for a big family dinner. Grandma was coming to visit with two cousins from out of town. The old tablecloth had a few holes in it and Jerome could still see the place where he had spilled a jar of cranberries last Thanksgiving. Why are you using that old tablecloth for grandma? Jerome asked. It may be faded but I grew up with this old piece of cloth. There's been so much laughing around this tablecloth it could tell its own jokes. This family has its own way of doing things grandma wouldn't have it any other way. Jerome thought about it for a minute. He began to feel much better. The weekend that Robert came over to visit was a good one. The boys had lots of fun. Jerome's father took them to the park to play baseball. His mom made an extra special dinner and baked a cake. After eating, Mr. and Mrs. Bradley went into the kitchen to wash the dishes. Jerome took Robert into his room to unpack Robert's backpack. Oh, you don't need your pajamas here tonight, Jerome said. Thanks, but you don't have to offer me a pair of pajamas to sleep with just because I did it for you. No, Robert, that's not what I meant. In my house, we don't sleep in pajamas. What? Then how do you sleep? Asked Robert. In our underwear. Want me to give you an extra pair? Jerome said it so matter-of-factly. Robert acted as if it was the most natural thing to do and left his pajamas packed. A few months later, on his birthday, Jerome received a present in a big flat box. In it were two pairs of new pajamas He changed into one pair immediately and paraded around the house. Somebody's new pajamas are a hit, said Mr. Bradley. They really are great, said Jerome. But I think half the time I'm still going to sleep in my underwear because this family does things its own way. Gertrude McFuzz by Dr. Seuss. There once was a girl named Gertrude McFuzz, and she had the smallest plain tail ever was. One droopy droop feather, that's all that she had, and oh, that one feather made Gertrude so sad. For there was another young bird that she knew, a fancy young birdie named Lala Lou and instead of one feather behind, she had two. Poor Gertrude. Whenever she happened to spy Miss Lala Lee flying by in the sky, she got very jealous. She frowned and she pouted. Then, one day, she got awfully mad and she shouted, "'This just isn't fair,' "'I have one. She has two. I must have a tail just like Lala Lee Lou.'" So she flew to her uncle, a doctor named Dake, whose office was high in a tree by the lake, and she cried, "'Uncle Doctor, oh please, do you know of some kind of pill that would make my tail grow?' "'Tut, tut,' said the doctor. "'Such talk. How absurd.'" your tail is just right for your kind of a bird. Then Gertrude had tantrums. She raised such a din that finally her uncle, the doctor, gave in and he told her just where she could find such a pill on a berry vine on the top of the hill. Oh, thank you, chirped Gertrude McFuzz and she flew. Right straight to the hill where the peel berry grew. Yes, there was the vine. And as soon as she saw it, she plucked off a berry. She started to gnaw it. It tasted just awful, almost made her sick. But she wanted that tail, so she swallowed it quick. Then she felt something happen. She felt a small twitch as if she'd been tapped. Down behind by a switch, and Gertrude looked round and she cheered. It was true. Two feathers exactly like Lala Lee Lou. Then she got an idea. Now I know what I'll do. I'll grow a tail better than Lala Lee Lou. These pills that grow feathers are working just fine, so she nibbled another one off of the vine. She felt a new twitch, and then Gertrude yelled, "'Wee! Miss Lala has only just two. I have three. When Lala Lou Lee sees this beautiful stuff, she'll fall right down flat on her face, sure enough. I'll show her who's pretty. I certainly will. Why?' I'll make my tail even prettier still. She snatched at those berries that grew on that vine. She gobbled down four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And she didn't stop eating young Gertrude McFuzz till she'd eaten three dozen. That's all that there was. Then the feathers popped out. With a zang, with a zing, they blossom like flowers that bloom in the spring. All fit for a queen, what a sight to behold. They sparkle like diamonds and gumdrops and gold. Like silk, like spaghetti, like satin, like lace. They burst out like rockets all over the place. They waved in the air and they swished in the breeze. And some were as long as the branches of trees. And still they kept growing. They popped and they popped until long after sundown when finally they stopped. And now, giggled Gertrude, The next thing to do is to fly right straight home and show Lala Leeloo. And when Lala sees these, why her face will get red and she'll let out a scream and she'll fall right down dead. Then she spread out her wings to take off from the ground. But with all of those feathers, she weighed 90 pounds. She yanked and she pulled and she let out a squawk But that bird couldn't fly, couldn't run, couldn't walk. And all through that night, she was stuck on that hill. And Gertrude McFuzz might be stuck up there still. If her good uncle Dake hadn't heard the girl yelp, he rushed to her rescue and brought along help. To lift Gertrude up almost broke all their beaks. And to fly her back home, it took almost two weeks. And then it took almost another week more to pull out those feathers. My, Gertrude was sore. And finally, when all of the pulling was done, Gertrude behind her again just had one. That one little feather she had as a starter, but now that's enough because now she is smarter.